This is a podcast about NaNoWriMo where we get you ready for November. I'm Christina Horner. And I'm Liz Leo. And this is How to Win NaNo. As a reminder, Christina and I are not actually affiliated with NaNoWriMo in any way. We've just won a lot. So non-traditional NaNoWriMo ideas. This Mm -hmm. is a topic that came in from a listener question um, from listener The Zoe Cats. Thank you, by the way. I'm pretty sure this was sent in last year, but it seemed like a good season two question or episode. So we saved it for this year. Um, But because... We're in a pandemic, which is the theme of this season. Um, I personally thought it was a great time to talk about trying something new, trying something different, mm-hmm. and really just kind of discussing what it looks like if you if you want to write something other than just sort of like the standard, you know, fiction novel, which is yeah. what I think the majority of people tend to write for NaNoWriMo. Can we get into what some of those genres or mediums might be? Like, I know we've talked about the rewrite as yeah. a non-traditional way to do NaNo. Yeah, so like taking something that you've either done previously or for another nano doing it again or even like editing like taking a a past work Mm -hmm. and and actually editing and then counting the words that you've you know that's kind of like definitely like a nano rebel approach but there's a totally valid way i think that you can do that and count your word count um there's a lot of other things that you could do you know there's like journaling memoir um you know you could like if you have a blog you could just count words for like blog posts that you're writing i've Um, heard people do poetry yeah poetry songwriting script writing they used to have script frenzy but they that's Mm -hmm. not a thing that the like the nanoramo company does anymore um i know that uh I, i know a friend who outlined a podcast who just like you know, wrote all of the episodes for a season of a podcast, you know, maybe you have some kind of like freelance writing project that you already have to do, or maybe you have to do like writing for work, you know, especially in a pandemic year, if there's writing that you already have to do, I count it. Yeah, I don't know. Count the words. You wrote them that month. I've done epistolary, which is like found documents, like mm-hmm. found footage, but for writing, um, and letters and stuff. Yeah. Short stories. You know, you can yeah. just do like a whole bunch of that. Actually, that's what I did last year. Um, I did like a number of like a couple of just like original net new short stories. I also took like some past nano novel ideas that I knew I wasn't going to move forward with. And I like turned them into short, like I reworked them into short stories. Um, so that was, and, and actually that was like half of what I did. And the other half of what I did was working on finishing a different project. So that was like all over the place. Mm-hmm. I think in general, it's better to pick one project and, and like have that be your nano project. But like, you know, you make the rules. Yeah. Well, like last year I also, I ended up doing three different projects and it was basically like, I just wrote till I didn't want to write that project anymore and then worked on the next one. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit sad because it means those things are more unfinished than mm-hmm. usual, but it really did help when I was feeling stressed out to just be like, well, this isn't giving me motivation. I'm just going to switch to the next thing. And I think one of those is what I'm going to pick up again this year for Nano. Yeah. So like when you look at it that way, that was a totally valid use of your November last year. That's leading to something, you know, new this year. Yeah. Um, and I definitely don't think it's cheating. As long as you write 50,000 no, words, like I'm, I'm of the opinion that it totally counts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've talked about this story in the past, but I think the closest thing that I've written to something like that is, um, this, the, the, I call it the pen story. Um, and it was the thing that I wrote, like, probably a decade ago where, so the book was like about this ballpoint pen, Mm -hmm. um, and whoever was in possession of the pen 
the book was from their point of view. And so this was a super fun idea to write for Nano because every time I got sick of writing a character or didn't know what to do or had just sort of like been blocked, I would just find a reason for them to lose the pen and have someone else find the pen. And then I would just like write about that person. And so it was a really good way to get through November because you never had to feel stuck because you could just like send the pen on somewhere else. So coming up with Mm -hmm. an idea like that might be a cool way to um, just do something non-traditional and something a little easier in in an otherwise difficult year. Yeah. Changing up character perspectives is super useful. When I did my novel full of found documents, it was nice because a chapter could just be a court document and I'd write that and then it's like off to the next thing, which is an interview or it really could be anything. And it it was very, very freeing. But at the same time, that can sometimes be hard for people because I didn't plan any of that out. Mm -hmm. So each time it would be like, well, what's it going to be this time? I don't know. Maybe a napkin that was found at a restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The idea of the rewrite. Yeah. So this was a specific question. So I think, you know, we wanted to talk about like non-traditional ideas, how those work, how to make it not feel like cheating, which we can talk about a little bit more, but specifically for a rewrite. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the question was, you know, how how to approach that and like how to how to make that work for nano and i would say having done a rewrite at least two years i've done two different rewrites Um, my best advice is to you know sometimes when i'm doing a rewrite and not an edit like when you're doing a full rewrite Mm -hmm. you can get bogged down and being like oh but there were some good scenes and like i I don't want to like lose this good writing and then you end up doing more work than than you would otherwise trying to like fit in old scenes that maybe don't fit exactly so my best advice for doing a rewrite is read your entire draft and then set it aside Yes. Because, like, I've tried to do the thing in the past where I'll use the Scrivener split screen and I'll literally Oh, be that like, sounds maddening. How do I, like, take this scene but, like, update it to, like, the new whatever? And it's just, like, so much more work and so much more frustrating and so, like, slow going. So read the old draft. Write down the things that you liked. If there's any lines that you like, put them in a little, like, yeah. doc to, like, look at later. And, like, maybe some of them will make it into your new draft, but, like, probably You can not. edit it in later if you yeah. want. But, like, read the draft, take the ideas, jot down some notes, and then... Don't look at it again and start fresh. Start with a blank document, mm-hmm. you know, probably do some outlining because like there's nothing worse than trying to do a rewrite and then like getting it wrong again, you know, and like, you know, running into plot problems again. So probably do some outlining if you're doing a rewrite, but don't get bogged down trying to use any of the actual text from your first draft. Yeah, I've done two rewrites. Um one one for nano and i think the other was for camp nano but it was one of the camp nanos i finished Mm -hmm. and i i did the exact same thing i started completely over um one uh piece of advice i might have um which is something i knew for both was what you want out of this rewrite Mm -hmm. beyond even just planning because i'm not a big planner and i wasn't back then like for example i um with these two examples one I knew I wanted to change the motivations, ages, and um, some of the genders of the characters as well, mm-hmm. um, just to avoid some stereotypes I was playing into. Um, and that was a little bit easier. And so I almost thought, like, well, I can keep more of this and just switch around things. And I was like, no, no. It's like the way I've talked about writing before, which is like you're sort of like knitting. And if you make a mistake and it's really tight. And it's a lot harder to go back yeah. and fix it. Also, I don't knit, so I don't. That's actually true. <laughs> that's, that's, but I, you know, it, when it's like you know, it's harder to unravel something that's knitted really tightly. So um, I realized I had already written this tight draft. I couldn't unravel it. I had to 
redo it. And so my second one, which I actually think is a fun case study, I did this story called The Gentleman of Love Street. And it was like a very Victorian love story with secret societies and gender um, politics and all this stuff. And I really wanted to rewrite it, but I wanted to make it feel more now, more pertaining to this time. So I actually decided to set it in present day, which I guess would be like seven years ago, but present day. Um, And I wanted to keep a lot of the same theming, which was like tradition, secrecy, also a cultish mentality. And I realized that I could set this in sort of an Ivy League school with a fraternity and it would hit all of those same notes of young people, romance, secrecy. And even secret societies. And secret those societies. Are totally a thing in yes. college, yeah. Yeah, so this fraternity became the secret society. And so it actually was cooler, too, because a lot of the main characters that were bad guys, instead of, like, older men, which was sort of creepy, became, like, seniors, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in this college. And um, the Victorian aspect played really well with this sort of fall Ivy League East Coast feel Mm -hmm. where you could get a little bit of that nostalgia back. So it was really cool to see the story translate to something modern and also to see my main character just be less helpless, to Mm -hmm. have more agency. And I think I enjoy, my mother might say different because she really liked the first version, (laughs) Um, but uh, I, I think I enjoyed the second version more. And so you don't always have to change up your story that completely. But if you feel like there's something missing, if you feel like there's, like we've often said, if a character is not vibing with you, change the character's name. Yeah. Consider, is this story set in the right era? Is this story with the right characters? Is it told from the perspective of the correct character? Yeah. One of my rewrites was my Renaissance Fair story. And I did a similar thing, not quite such a jump in time periods, but um, my original version of it had been about someone in her like late 20s mm-hmm. who was um, kind of finding refuge at the fair because of uh, issues that she was having at her job where she felt stuck. Um, and then I just decided that what I was trying to get across with this story would work better with a as a coming of age novel. And mm-hmm. so I... I brought all of the characters' ages down to people who were just graduating high school um, and were more dealing with, like, what they were going to do as they all went off to college. Um, And even though that's a more stereotypical kind of YA plot, it felt like a YA novel, and so it fit more in the genre that I felt like the book ended up taking. Um, And a lot of what I was trying to do flowed so much better when those characters were the age that, um, you know, I brought them down to in the in the second draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, even just doing that much, like the overall plot didn't change that much. But again, their motivations, their backstory, what kind of drives them, and even just like kind of the way that they respond to issues just based on how old they are and how much experience they have like in the world, um, changed the story considerably. Do you ever feel like, like, so for example, oftentimes when I've approached a rewrite, I realize that my perspective as a person has evolved enough that I can actually take on the story in a better way. Yeah. Um, Like just for example, in the first story that I rewrote that I mentioned, I had a scene where this is a virtual world where everything on a binary flip-flopped. So it was like opposite world, basically. Mm -hmm. And in the scene, I had written that all the boys became girls and the girls became boys, Mm. which at the time seemed like this clever little plot twist. Right. Um, But now I don't believe in a gender binary. Right. So um, I, you know, that was an 
even better reason to rewrite that scene and in essence rewrite the book because there's a lot of things in that book that I just didn't believe because I wrote it over a decade ago. Yeah, I definitely had an experience like that with my with my ghost book, which was the second story that I mm-hmm. ever wrote for Nana. So I was like just out of high school. Um, and the, the book actually like at the time... I, I had not like dealt with anything like depression. Um, and so I was just sort of like using depression as like a plot device in a way that in hindsight was like a little bit insensitive. Cause in the book I insinuated that like when you're depressed, your soul just like leaves your body. <laughs> and then it's like this empty yeah. vessel that ghosts could like come take a residence in, which was like a cool like plot structure, but it was like not a very nice thing to say about yeah. depression. And so obviously when I went back to it, I was like, that is not how I should tell this story. I should come up with some other reason that ghosts should be able to take up residence yeah. in like living beings. And so just, yeah, exactly like what you were saying, you kind of come back with like a expanded worldview and like more knowledge and like even a more sensitive world that we live in, in the way that we kind of approach these kinds of issues. Um, And so we can just write about them in ways that are better. Yeah, I think a rewrite can be really, really gratifying to be able to see how you've grown as a person, as a writer in Mm -hmm. general. I mean, there, there may end up being scenes that you like better from your first one. But in general, I can almost assure you that with a couple years distance and putting in the effort, a rewrite will give you a better product. And, you know, not every book needs a rewrite. No. Like, not we're not saying that just because you wrote something for Nano means that, like, you have to come back a decade later to rewrite the entire book. But sometimes, you know, if you have been doing Nano for a long time or if you just, like, took a stab at something and it, like, maybe went sideways, like, there are some stories where there's something there, there's, like, a nugget there that's, that's mm-hmm. good and worth working on, but it takes it's going to take more than just an edit to get it there because it needs some of these like larger structural changes. And so I think you can look at your past works and decide, you know, which things just need editing and what could benefit from an entire rewrite. Mm -hmm. Have you ever written something and ended up feeling like, oh, this really just wasn't what I had in my brain? It, it is almost like it did run away from you a little bit. And rewrites can be a way to cent- recenter that yeah, work. absolutely. And some of those stories are just like the things that are in my nano vault that like I, you know, what I like visited last year where I, um, the things I revisited last year where I was like, this story ended up not being big enough for a yeah. novel. Like I had some ideas where they just weren't big enough for a whole novel. And I was like, I could just take this and turn it into a short story and then sort of like check that idea off in my brain. Um, and so I, I, I've had more like that kind of thing mm-hmm. happen where I tried to write something and I was like, you know, this just didn't really work out, but I think the idea is good enough that I could do something smaller with it. Yeah. Yeah. What Absolutely. about you? Um, I guess I was thinking really about things in the future that I'd like to rewrite. And I mean, this will be my 14th year and your 15th year, I believe. Mm -hmm. So like once you've done it this many times, you look back to something over a decade ago and think, well, I'm not going to publish something I wrote a decade ago. But you think this, you know, this idea was really important and dear to me. And so maybe one day I'd like to pick it back up and rewrite it in my current voice yeah. and my current strength. There is, I think, a point when, when it's been so long since yes. you've worked on a project where it really would, even if you were going in with an editing mindset, you're going to end up rewriting most of it because you've just grown so much as yeah. a writer. You know, if you wait 10 years to go back to a project, you are 10 years better at writing. Mm-hmm. And so you will end up probably just rewriting a lot more than you would otherwise. And sometimes I even feel like at the end of writing a novel, I've grown so much from the beginning. So yeah, yeah, exactly. 
I think, and so in terms of, so rewrites are totally valid. I don't know if this year is the year to do a rewrite because I usually put a little bit more pressure on myself with a rewrite because you're trying to write something better than the previous yeah. time. It, it may not be, but, it, but it's, it's hard. On the other hand, it could be, you know, that you have to do less planning or less world building because you've already like, it's a space that you're comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it might be, might be a year for a rewrite, might not. Um, in terms of non-traditional ideas, I think a good way to look at this year is, you know, if, if an idea isn't working for you or, um, you know, if you've gotten like... 5,000 words into something and you're just not feeling it, don't let that be the thing that makes you quit doing nano. Just like stop and start something else, you know? I had a year where I wrote 3,000, I wrote my first 3,000 words of a story. And then I was like really upset because I was like, I'm not liking this. Like, I don't think I started in the right place. I don't like this voice. I think I'm writing in the wrong tense. And so I just put a strike through, through all of them and just restarted. Yep. And I still counted the words. So I was like, I still wrote 3,000 words. Yes. But like, I just let myself start over. And so, you know, when, when it's already going to be a difficult year, it's totally okay to do things like that. Or even just like do a little side exercise. If you're feeling stuck where you just like talk to your characters or you like fill out a character quiz about, you know, like, uh, like mm-hmm. one of those like old MySpace survey type things about your character and just count the words, you know, any writing that you do is valid. Even if it's like additional outlining work, like, I think that's fine. I once didn't count some words I did and this is the only time ever. And it's because it was the, um, the year we were in the castle and it was, we started it was like October 31st. It was Halloween. We had like a nice Halloween dinner. We we're like, oh, it's so spooky. And we like drank a bunch of port. And then I thought it'd be really good to write the very opening of my novel, like very drunk. And I <laughs> wrote like 800 words in the morning. We woke up to write more. And I was like, no. <laughs> so, you know, I should have kept it, though, honestly. You, you deleted it? Or I think just... I put it in a snapshot, but then it didn't count the words. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah. But I mean, 800 is 800, yeah. but... <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's not nothing. It's not nothing. <laughs> I guess the biggest thing is that I'm just a big proponent of, like, whatever you want to do for nano counts, as long as you're writing new words. Totally. And so, especially in a pandemic, just whatever it takes for you to write words, you know, yeah. even if you have to do like 16 different projects, like, I don't know, put, throw them all in the same Scrivener doc and call it good. And like, that's fine. Especially with this being election year, yeah. uh, Drunk Liz is going to be making some writing appearances. Even if you just need to like write about how angry and or happy you are based on the results of yes. the election, count them. I don't care. Yep. Absolutely. I'm fine with it. You have my permission. And mine. If I was queen of NaNoWriMo, I would say anything counts. Agreed. All right. So um, this week, maybe you can let us know some of the non-traditional styles that you have done or plan to do this year in Twitter. Yeah. And if you are more of a traditional, just like fiction story writer, just tell us what you're writing. We'd yeah. love to know if you've got an idea yet, um, if you know what you're going to do, you know, just just let us know. We want to know what you guys are what you guys are thinking. And you can tweet us at um, at How to Win Nano. Uh, be sure to follow our account for updates and motivation and writing sprints throughout the month. You can also email us howtowinnano at gmail.com. Here's where you can send us longer messages if you just want to tell us your story, you want to tell us more about what you're writing, or if you have any suggestions for future episodes. We love to hear your thoughts so that we're making the kinds of things that you want to hear. Yeah, and we're also at Patreon at patreon.com slash howtowinnano, and we're going to have some special 
material for our patrons and um, probably things like prompts and some writing snippets that you can see into our ongoing work yeah you know, behind the scenes past we've already posted some stuff from things that we were writing over the course of this past year and we'll probably share a little bit of what we're working on um during nano yeah um but there's only one way to find out and that is to check out the patreon it's super fun you should do it this is the last episode before november i think Ooh, i think so we're about to write our next episode is our like 2020 kickoff and pep talk episode. So this is this is it, man. We're getting down to the 11th hour. All right, everyone, grab your pens and or typewriters and or computers. <laughs> I like that that's the order you put it in. I just, I started with pens and then realized most people don't write with pens. No, they don't. But yeah. that's okay. Until next time, keep, keep writing. writing. <laughs> we did it together that time. I know. It's just, you know, whatever. It's, whatever you know, it's Okay. Okay, so my I'm... chest hurts from laughing so much. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right.